Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio for 10 years, the number one Irish tech podcast bringing you the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world, all brought to you by the PRTG Network Monitor from Paisler. Remember, as well as our show on air with RTE and online via the website or your favourite podcasting app, we keep you bang up to date on all things tech every day with hourly newsletters and daily newsletters as well, uh, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. Now, this week on the show, we have a most unusual story connecting tech and healthcare. You see, caring for people with dementia is a huge challenge for healthcare professionals or anybody, but one group of researchers, led by NUI Galway's Professor Dimna Casey from the School of Nursing and Midwifery, is trialling a novel solution for keeping patients engaged. Say hello to Mario, the robot nurse that you never knew you wanted. Here's Nile with more. Okay, so I suppose when we look at the application of robots, so far we've seen lots going on in sort of in the home with uh, Alexa and Jibo and, and robots like this. And we're getting used to seeing robots on promotional events and, you know, sort of you walk into a, a hotel lobby and maybe a, a pepper comes up and asks you to help with your luggage or something like that. But the applications in healthcare haven't quite... Uh, well, beyond teleconferencing, it's quite difficult to see what can be used. So tell me a little bit about the genesis of the Mario project and what attracted you to, to the healthcare sector in particular. Okay, well, I guess the genesis for the project actually came from my own work of working with people with dementia and my colleagues working with people with dementia over a number of years. And one of the things that people with dementia would have said to us is that when they get dementia and their memory starts to fail, they actually lose their confidence and they lose their um, ability, if you like, to feel confident meeting people, going out and continuing with the hobbies and the things that they liked before because they, they, they feel embarrassed about having dementia and for a time they don't want to tell anybody. And what that actually leads to is them feeling more and more isolated and lonely. And and this is a major concern. And and the irony of it is, is that really loneliness is a major public concern, not only really for people with dementia and older people. It's also, if you look at uh, our youth population, it is it is a challenge. But in relation to dementia, that was the genesis for the idea. So then what um, we did really was we actually set about how do we tackle this problem and, and what way could we actually approach it. So we put together a consortium of experts from robotic technologists, uh, dementia care, engineering, cross-disciplinary group of, of people, including people with dementia, um, to actually put a bid together to apply for funding to the EU H2020. And we were successful in being awarded um, four million to actually develop robot technology to work with people with dementia. Now, if you had told me, Neil, you know, five years ago that I would be working with robots, I would have actually said, um, not a hope. Um, I, my knowledge of robotic technology and robots really was what I saw in science fiction, which would have been Star Wars and Star Trek. 
Um, and therefore, my, my background is not in technology. My background is from the p point of view of what users need in order to help them to stay connected to society and to reduce their loneliness and isolation. And that's where I came in. Um, so a, a unique aspect, I suppose, of the project was that it was user-led from the very beginning. So we had a basic platform that was provided initially by the uh, um, the computer or computer technology robotic partners, and we took that then to the next level, working with people with dementia, with their relatives and their carers, and getting them involved. Now the project went across three sites. Um, there was a pilot site in Italy, which was a cute hospital setting, a pilot site in the UK, which was in the community, and a pilot site in Ireland, which was in long-stay residential care. So we had three different types of settings with three different stages, if you like, of people with dementia. And they all fed in at each phase of development. So our initial starting phase was we went out to people and said to them, look, we're thinking of putting in this bid, we're thinking of developing this robot and putting certain applications on it. What do you think? And I have to say my own biases came to play initially because I thought, I'm not sure people with dementia are actually going to be very receptive to this. You know, many people of that age group won't be familiar with technology. And, you know, it, it's very different and, it, and change is scary. And I was absolutely blown away with the reception with, from people with dementia across all three cultural settings. They really wanted this robot. They were delighted that somebody was actually going to try and help them develop technology personalized to their needs and to meet what they wanted. So out of that, we actually developed on the robot um, a number of applications. So we developed uh, My Music, which actually was tailored to the preferences of each unique individual in terms of what genres they wanted to listen to. Um, we developed my calendar, which would actually allow them to prompt them and remind them of birthdays, events, and things of importance coming up. We had my um, reminiscence or my memories, which was actually one of the most popular applications, which actually allowed the person to talk about memories from the past which are related to photographs and um, so we know that the autobiographical memory of people with dementia is the one that lasts the longest and stays um, with the person so actually tapping into that um, memory and those memories was actually most enjoyable for the person with dementia and also their families who really helped us to put together the life history of the person so we could actually upload those onto Mario and Mario then could prompt them and play those memories for the person. And that, as I said, I can talk to you a bit more about that, but that was really one of the most popular ones. We also had um, my chat, which would allow people to actually connect to um, family members. And we had my news, which was another popular one where they could actually click into the news feed and, and follow up um, topics that they were interested in. So for example, Man United or sports um, and keep themselves um, connected and up to date. So that's just a gist really of the applications that were on Mario. And these were developed, as I said, the uniqueness of them were they're developed by the users themselves and also that they were personalized to the needs of the individual, which really I think was probably part of why they were so successful. Um, we developed them over, the project was three years and we started testing and developing uh, Mario and Mario was with the person with dementia from September 2016 until December 2017 across the sites. And during that time we would go out 
showed people with dementia what we had done. They'd play with it, use it, and relatives and carers, and give us some feedback, change this, the text doesn't work there, you know, his prompting isn't working right. And then we'd go back to the engineers and get them to actually say, look, got to change this, this isn't working. Might be a wonderful concept, but actually this is all they want. They want a button that'll do X or Y. And then eventually in the last, um, to the latter stages of the project, we actually did an evaluation where we allowed the people with dementia to select whatever applications they wished and we observed them interacting and we um, interviewed them uh, and their relatives and their carers to find out, you know, what was the impact and, 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 and the concentration levels. And what we found really was that um, the, my memories and my music were the most um, popular. And we also found that, and I suppose this was probably earlier on in the project, we found that the people with dementia were really very accepting of robot technology and having the robot present. And they actually, we saw them developing a relationship with the robot and looking for him. You know, where's the music man? Where's my Mario? Um, asking us, could they buy it? Could they bring it home? And would it allow them then to stay at home and they wouldn't have to be here? Which was, which was you know, in, in one way it was great for us, but was sad in another way because people do have difficulties settling into long-term care in particular. So overall, really, and even from the carer's perspective and the relatives, there was a really acceptance of having robots deployed in the context of dementia care. Um, and people would dementia got great enjoyment out of the uh, applications we had people for example we had one gentleman who really had was very agitated and had difficulty um engaging and concentrating for any length of time on any activity and when he was with mario and he was using the my games which was another application and actually that had an, a painting um, um application within that what they found was actually that this uh, person was really into painting and nobody knew this and he actually spent 40 minutes at one stage completely focused on Mario and using the um, the application and using the painting app and his relatives were amazed the staff were amazed and this is a gentleman as I said would be quite agitated so there were very, there were positive really positive effects in that sense um, we had other people with dementia who, when the music application was played, and these were people who really were less um, inclined to engage in anything, they were more withdrawn, they actually began tapping their fingers or their, or their feet to the music. And actually beginning, while the music was on, you could see in their face their animation and their enjoyment of the music. So they, these may all sound very, you know, very small for listeners who are not familiar with, with dementia, but for people with dementia, those short moments of lucidity and those short moments of engagement that you can see are absolutely tremendous. So a couple of the challenges that you raise there, uh, top of my mind anyway, would be uh, user experience and how to create something that feels natural, but still in the background is, is running fairly complex software. So what kind of feedback loop did you generate between um, sort of the cohort of patients you were dealing with all the way back to the engineering team? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, well, I have to say it was a, it was an experience for me because I had never worked with engineers and we come from a very different um, perspective. Um, and from my point of view, the main issue was that we actually, everything should be driven by the people with dementia. So the first step involved doing interviews and actually interviewing people with dementia, which is where we have our particular skills and expertise because that is can be quite a challenge. So we interviewed people with dementia. We then actually went and spoke with their relatives and we then actually also spoke with the care so we went uh, three loops, if you like, three cohorts of participants who are key stakeholders, because when you develop technology um, for people with dementia, quite often you're not just developing the technology for the person with dementia, you're also de- developing it for their main carer and the people looking after them. So they have to have a say in what actually is being developed as well. And then taking that information, analyzing it and feeding it back to the uh, engineers in the form of use case scenarios. So creating scenarios whereby you're saying, well, you know, Tom is on his own today. He he really likes to listen to the radio, but actually he can no longer independently switch on the radio or use the dials on the radio. He's not able to do that. Mario is able to ask him, Tom, what would you like to hear today? What station would you like to hear today? And and Mario can can actually provide that. So those a number of use case scenarios. Then the engineering colleagues took those use case scenarios and they built and modified the applications to meet those use case scenarios. Then they came back out. They put them on the robot. They came back out to the testing. We came back onto the robot back out to the testing site and we got people to try them out and to see what they thought and you know there were times when they had given us despite our best emphasis they'd given too many options for the person with dementia because sometimes as well I mean you know um, when you're not familiar with working with people with dementia and 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 people think, well, we'll give them a load of options. It'll be great. They'll have more variety. It'll be fantastic. But for someone with dementia, that can be quite confusing. So you have to, you know, tailor it and limit it so that they have choices, but that the choices don't cause them further agitation and confusion in the process. I think one of the things that must be very interesting about working uh, with people with dementia is that it can be very difficult to establish a baseline and to be able to match up when uh, Mario is doing really well with when their actual cognitive abilities are are in decline. So how did you approach that problem? Um, What we discovered, I suppose, from the outset was we had had, uh, initially planned that the robot would be completely voice activated. Okay, so the person with dementia would be able to say, um, you know, Mario, play me this or Mario, play me that. And what we discovered was that that was that is quite a challenge, particularly with the different cohorts. It's it's okay with people with mild dementia, but people so in the community, not as difficult. But for people with more advanced dementia, that's quite a challenge. So the the issue for people with dementia who have more advanced dementia is that their speech patterns can be broken up. They can be quite difficult to interpret and also if you think about it when most people who have dementia are quite old and they have other comorbidities and other problems such as hearing and vision so which is another layer that has that has to be dealt with so what we discovered was that really um, the voice alone was not sufficient we had to have a touch screen uh, technology available as well so that the person could actually um have an option or have a choice and then we could see which of these choices actually they preferred most 
And what we found was that actually the touch screen for particularly for people with more advanced dementia was what they choose most often to use. But that in itself was also a challenge because people tended to put the whole of their palm on the touch screen or press it so hard and forget to take their fingers off. So then we introduced a stylus, a particular stylus that they could use. And they were a way that worked perfectly. And they were very happy with the stylus. So they were some of the challenges that actually faced us when we were actually developing the applications for the robot to tailor them to the particular needs of people with dementia. So did you find really that that sort of um, procedural memory that people had, you know, that mm-hmm. you know, re- regardless of their um, uh, condition, if you will, that they still remembered how to use a pen and how a pen functions with yes. paper, that kind of thing. Yes, they were still able to do that. And they were, and I suppose what my own preference as well, obviously my background was the, the, the music and my reminiscence app, because we know from, from work we've done that they make the more, most uh, impact. But actually seeing people, I mean, I can't emphasize it enough, seeing people who don't engage that much light up when they're their favorite old song from, you know, um, years ago, you know, the, 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 was one of them, you know, the, the whole, the, oh, I can't even think it's off the top of my head, but some of those old songs that you would have, you, our parents would have sang in their, in their, in their childhood to hear, you know, they hear that song and suddenly they're able to actually do the whole chorus. And this is a person who may have said two words in the last 24 hours. Those, to see that, the reaction to that, and, and I think from the relatives seeing that, that the, that the person they knew was still in there, Mario actually helped to bring him out. And one of the things we have, unfortunately, and this is across all the cultural contests, contexts that, that really that, that we looked at, is that most people who have dementia, particularly in um, care facilities, tend to spend an awful lot of time on their own and lack stimulation. And therefore, Mario's introduction meant that they spent less time alone. And it also meant, which was a kind of a, if you like, a knock-on effect from the project, was that families who had, grand, you know, um, people with dementia who had grandchildren suddenly were visiting Grandpa more because there was a robot to interact with. So you had the grandchildren interacting with Mario and you had the person with dementia interacting with Mario. You had conversations going on between the two intergenerational groups and you had carers and everybody else also getting involved. So the social aspect actually and the social health aspect of it really was extended beyond what we would have really um, hoped that's really interesting. So Mario effectively became a moderator in, in conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He became kind of a mediator. Yeah, he did. Yeah. So it was from that point of view, it, it was great. But I mean, the other thing I think we have to stress is that the, the robot is at a certain level. You know, it still needs a lot of development. We brought it up from a very, very basic level to um, still it's still at a rudimentary level, but it has it is more advanced. So more work is needed on the robot to actually bring him up to the next to the next level. And technology is increasing so quickly. I mean, even when we started the project, there were things changing. You know, um, other robots were coming on the market. You had the peppers you mentioned. Um, you know, so the technology is is really increasing very quickly, and the changes are very quickly happening. And 
I suppose when I started the project, um, if you had asked me, would I see, would I consider robots being in healthcare? When would I think it would happen? I would have been saying, oh, you know, 50 years time, it'll never happen. Whereas now, I think actually, I can see robots having a place, particularly in dementia care. But I think one of the caveats we have to remember is it's an adjunct to care and it's not a replacement. The companion, this is a companion robot. These are companion robots. Their whole function in life is to provide companionship and focus on social engagement and social health, which is really important for everybody, and but in particular older people and people with dementia. But it's not a robot that's going to take the place of a nurse. So one of the things you alluded to uh, at the start of the conversation was ways in which this technology can be extended, um, in particular maybe towards young people, uh, maybe as a, maybe not in a companionship role in the same way as dementia patients, but but in in different ways. So uh, what what are your thoughts on applications of Mario beyond the cohort that you're working with? Say with younger people struggling with mental health issues that might be quite hard to deal with with friends or people. No. I, I think it's a whole different field um, and of, of expertise in relation to young people and mental health. But certainly I think some of the applications like the MyChat application and some of the um, um, that's probably the main one that we have. You see, the apps that we have are tailored particularly to people with dementia. But there is there isn't, I suppose, in one sense, you could argue we have too much technology for people, for young people, in the sense that they're engaged all the time in Facebook or they're on Twitter and actually are one-to-one human contact and human um, interactions with young people has actually decreased. And that's something we should be focusing on because I don't know about you, but if I go to a restaurant or even if I'm waiting for a bus or if I'm having a cup of coffee, I can see a group of young people and nobody's talking to each other. They're all on their phone with the technology and they're, and, they're, and they're linking up in that way. So the for me personally, I think what we need to focus on for young people is not maybe so much more technology, but actually looking at how do we get young people to relearn the art of conversation between one human and another and the human contact. Because really, no matter, and it's the same for people with dementia, if we had the human resources in our health services or the human contacts available that would be my first choice not a robot and that was Niall Kitson talking to NUI Galway's Professor Dimna Casey that is our show for this week the programme supported by PRTG from Paisler which monitors your IT infrastructure 24-7 and alerts you to problems before your users are even aware something's wrong to work smarter faster and better check out their system at www.paisler.com of course you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates daily newsletters and more with our website techcentral.ie or just tune in every week on Fridays at 5pm on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next week, from myself, Dusty, thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.